Evolution.org podcast coming your way, guys. Episode 390. Steve Smee here and the Rickster. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, so guys, we have six topics. This is a little different for this compound episode. This time we're going to be asking each other questions that are kind of tied into fitness. So uh, let's get right into it. This is going to be a really fun episode. And a lot of you guys have been asking these questions, making comments about them on the platforms. You guys think some of this stuff is funny. So this is going to be a funny show and it's going to be a show that you guys are going to learn a lot from. So the first one, I'm asking Rick this question. He's traveled around the world. He's been to a bunch of countries. He's trained at a lot of gyms around the world. The only gyms I've trained at around the world are like at resorts. He's trained at all kinds of different gyms. So my question to Rick is, gyms around the world, what are they like compared to what we have in America, which are typically franchise gyms, you know, the cookie cutter franchise gyms? And then what are the people like that train at those gyms? Are they similar to Americans where the way Americans are? Do they kind of train like Americans train? How is it different? So um, I go to dojo and I do weights gyms. So there's definitely some good anecdotes as far as MMA gyms go uh, in all the different places I've been at. But I think for uh, the context of listeners, like I'll give you guys a, a really good uh, good rundown of, let's say, the difference between American gyms and gyms, uh, say, in, in Colombia and South America, where, where I spent some time there. So the big difference in gyms, South America and, and the U.S., in Colombia specifically, it's let's say, for example, when you go to the gym in the U.S., you kind of tend to put on like, you know, that that T-shirt you got for free at that, you know, from that supplement company or you just put on whatever. Some people put on some some shirts, some of those shirts they, they give away at, for, from their job um, and something comfortable doesn't have to be new, uh, sometimes not your best sneakers. That's kind of just the culture, at least it is in, you know, U.S. and uh, Vegas and places like that. People just kind of go with with whatever. And, you know, most of us, it's kind of like whatever. Colombia, on the other hand, they go and like try to match their clothes and go try to look kind of dressy. It's a little bit of a runway situation. Like people really care about the way they dress and the nice sneakers and stuff like that. They want to be poshy for like the gym. That, that, that sounds like, so right off the bat, it sounds like people over there are more middle upper class versus people in America. You don't have to be middle upper class to get a gym membership. Gym memberships are cheap. 20, 30 bucks a month is nothing for an American. But like over there, it sounds like you have to be more wealthy. You're not just some poor slob going to a gym. Right. But even, but, but even then I like, I've seen at my gyms, I've seen guys uh, that I know, we're in Long Island, right? So guys that I know, and you could tell, you know, do well, but they, they walk out of there with like t-shirts that they themselves ripped the, the sleeves off of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a, it's not a thing, you know, as long as your clothes are clean. I mean, nobody, nobody cares if the lettering is falling off the shirts faded. Like give, nobody gives a fuck. It's just, it's just not, it, not the guy wearing it, not anybody around him. You know, if the, if the stuff is, is, you know, as long as nobody stinks, nobody cares. But South America, it's like, they want to wear nice stuff, nice looking things, matching things and stuff like that to the gym. It's, it's, uh, that I, I thought I found pretty funny. Uh, also, um, working in, and this is pre-COVID, right? Because I'm sure, I mean, COVID changed everything. 
but pre-COVID, when you were in the in in America, you can you can ask a, a couple guys working on, on a machine or a thing and say, hey man, can I work in? And if they are not like trying to do their sets super fast, if they're taking a little bit of a break, the people let you work in. It's not a big deal. It's cool. I, I was a little bit of culture shocked. I'm in a, in a Pashi gym, a Pashi chain gym in South America and and Colombia, obviously. And um, and I, I I actually like for the first few times that I went to the gym, I'm asking people if I can work in, and they look at me like I'm crazy, and they're like, "I'll be finished." Just just like their attitude was like, "No, you can wait. You know, I'll be finished. Like you can wait." Basically, people don't like to let you work in. Like they have to know you. It's not a, it's not like you just walk up to anybody and say, hey, can I work in like you would in America? Um, that's one thing. Uh, also, um, besides maybe a few, few guys, like very few guys that are maybe a little bit in the know with American culture, for the most part, everybody that's just a regular gym goer, they, they do like high reps, low weights. They're like trying not to hurt themselves. But like in America, you'll get you'll get guys that'll like they'll just go in there and try to kill it. Like it's people try to the weights, go from, uh, people over there probably aren't as strong as Americans. Is that what you're saying? Like it's you just cold, it's up, just you don't see guys doing four or five hundred pounds on the bench, but in America, you go to a franchise gym, you see some of the bigger dudes doing that. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did you have a bench press at your high school? Yes. Okay. Most people in Colombia didn't grow up with a bench press at their high school. So, so that scene that you and I had growing up in high school where it was four or five of us guys and we're all kind of benching, you know, taking turns. And it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a way where you also kind of, cause you're always gauging each other as you know, in, in that environment in high school and stuff like that. It's also a way to see who's stronger, who's not. And it's kind of, it's a little bit part of the culture. Uh, all of us that are meatheads at some point have, gone at high school most of us started around a weight bench four five six of us just waiting to take turns to fucking use it and and, and it's and you know want to see who can lift more and stuff it's not a thing people grow up with in south america so to them benching is not a thing how many people grew up with a fucking bench press in their garage geez right but that's not a thing a bench the, the bench doesn't have a symbol any different to the other machines to someone in colombia let's say than it has that it has to to an American, right? It's kind of different. So, like, people don't aren't trying to really go for max. Like I said, you get those one or two guys. You, you get a bodybuilder. You get a power lift up. You get those kind of guys. But not just not the common folk. It's it's not. It's just, people just don't. It's not part of the culture. It's not something people grow up with. So, um, so unless you know, unless the, a trainer is telling them to, or this is someone who's who's somehow found his way or, or to, to elite fitness and, and evolutionary and. Uh, you know, for the most part, um, it doesn't look to me like it, it. People aren't like maxing it, and you know what I'm saying, and trying to like, you know, two spotters and shit. People don't, they don't, they don't take it that serious. Well, there are a lot of people that just go to the gym to go to the treadmill and they go home, and they never use anything else on there. Um. I bet you there's not that many gyms over there compared to America, correct? Oh, there's a shit ton of gyms. There's a shit ton of gyms. And since... Um, well, okay, let me ask you this. Are you they know, franchise gyms? Are they owned by like a few companies like it is in the United States? Or is it just a bunch of 
local small pop gyms. Same thing you get out, you get in the states, uh, a place out there. You got a couple uh, of of national top to bottom franchises, uh, which is Smart Fit and, and Body Tech, and then you have maybe a, a couple of of smaller franchises that operate in one or two cities. You know, with a, with a very limited locations, and then you get the guy who's got two gyms in two neighborhoods in the same city. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's kind of the same thing as here, man. You get you get those big franchise gyms that are that are east to west. You get some that are only in the northeast, some that are only in, in one county, a few in, a, in one or one state. It's just same shit. It's just um, but I've been to both. Like I, I I'll go to franchise gyms just because uh, it's just so much more convenient, you know, being there as as a as a visitor. To just like you, you, you pull in underground parking, guards, you know what I mean? Just elevator upstairs, really nice shower, sauna. It's just very convenient. But I do go because I have I have people that I know, you know, um, fans of the show, uh, the people that are just friends that I know, fighters. And I go to mom and pop gyms and there's a lot of mom and pop gyms. When I mean a lot, I mean like a lot. Like they'll, 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 they don't even worry about having commercial property. They'll rent a, a big, big house in a neighborhood that doesn't have a gym. They'll rent the biggest house and they'll, they'll break walls down and they'll figure out a way to turn a house into a gym. You know, you, you, you'll be there in something that, that could have been used as a balcony, you know, on a treadmill looking out over the city, like seriously. So, um, you know, there's a lot of those small gyms as well, too. And maybe you'll get some me heads of those gyms. You get some guys that are like you walk in and and they're crowded around someone's phone or tablet uh, watching uh, something on YouTube, you know, Ronnie Coleman or something on YouTube. Or, and then, you know, you it's a different it's a different flow. But you get a lot of bro, because uh, the way things work in that environment, there's some people that have very, very little. And then there's some people that have a lot. So. A gym membership price ranges can 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 range from you just paying five dollars a month to go to literally five dollars a month to go to the gym, that's you know in someone's house or maybe under some some sink roof that'll leak a little bit when it rains, or you can pay uh you know fifty dollars, sixty dollars, seventy eighty dollars a month for a gym where like I said underground parking you'll always have a trainer. When you go there, they'll have a little MMA corner with some guy who doesn't know shit but pretends to know MMA and a cage and all that. And it's got a sauna. And, you know, in some places I'll have a pool. You know, the girls that go there, they either look good because naturally or they've been through the surgeon and they look great. I mean, it's it's so you could you could find a gym that's more expensive than most American gyms you get at. Or you can find some that are like unbelievable, like $5 prices, like you just, you just, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's just dust and steel, so, chalk and chalk and chalk and, and, uh, and rust and steel. <laughs> so one last question, um, female versus male ratio over there versus America, would you say there's less females or more? You mean out on the street or just like in the, in, no, in, in the gyms. gyms? Yeah. In the gyms. Um, I think I think that the pressure there on women is so much higher for women to be good looking that I'd say there's just as many women hitting the gym. There's always going to be a little bit more men, 
but I, I I would say I probably in a ratio wise I might see I'd, I'd say it's, it's very close to America for, for different reasons right because in America um, girls have opportunity to play sports for their schools many different sports and they're encouraged to so when you grow up playing sports you you'll want to hit you want to get on the treadmill for an hour when you're 40 if you played some kind of sport when you were you know team most most of the time so I guess, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I think, yeah, women have a lot of, uh, in South America and Colombia, women have a lot of pressure there to, to look good because most women look good. I mean, people are not on average and when you, people are just not as obese and, and overweight and, and, on, and women are just naturally pretty in that part of the world for whatever reason. And so, and they're, and so you're naturally kind of, um, they're naturally kind of pressured as a, like a social pressure to look, look good. You know what I mean? So you get a lot of women at, at these gyms, like, you know, hitting it. They got to look good. They got to be clean. And they got to smell fresh. Just like that selling should be fish. anywhere, right? Just like selling fish. That All should right, so be what's anywhere. The next, right? What's the next? That should question? be anywhere, right? But I think I think when you get a place that has such wide range and income and and power of acquisition, right? It's such a white range of people that have a lot, not it's a lot of people that fall in the middle. And look, if you're a good looking girl, if you look good, you're pretty, you're personable. Um, you know, you, you have a you have a better chance at a, at a at a high value male than maybe other girls that aren't as good looking as you. An environment like that, a high value male that you know to for for for, for something serious is is valuable. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're a high value male and, and you work hard and you and you um and you can, you know, you you can bring something real to, to the table to a relationship, both, you know, monetarily and and you know, with your energy, with whatever you bring, um, you're gonna want you gonna want you gonna want a, a hot bitch, especially if they if they're all kind of hot, right? You don't you don't want some some someone up to up to par, especially if you got a lot of good, naturally good looking women to choose from. So it's just kind of the dynamic that the dynamic that plays out, man. It's just the dynamic, the way things play out. I don't know what else to say. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic out there. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, I'm just telling how it is. So what's up? Next, man? What else? What yeah, next question, buddy. All right. So now I ask you a question. So runners and steroids, you know, I, I always, I never really thought in my heart of hearts that really steroids were good for runners. You know, matter of fact, those guys who run long races don't tend to look like they're in any sauce at all. So how do you, how do you, how do you, how did that work out for you being a, a steroid user and hitting the, the 5k? Like, how does, how does, how, do, how, do, how does that work for you? Because yeah. you're one guy close to me that I know that's done it, that I can, that I can ask them. Cause I've always been curious about that. So uh, I used to powerlift when I was younger, competitively. Um, I started to get away from that as I got older. And I guess I needed a new challenge. So I started doing endurance running and I started traveling and doing endurance and competitive endurance runnings, like literally paying money, staying at hotels, paying money to be in road races. And, you know, and it was, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, um, I met a lot of people, a lot of runners in the running industry. A lot of them are, you know, bankers and, and CEOs and 
those are the types of people you get, you know, in the competitive rate, you know, endurance world. And then if you get, uh, you know, then the next challenge after that, of course, is triathlon. So I started doing triathlons and I never got to that level of going and competing like in Hawaii at the Ironman and stuff like that. That wasn't something I was really interested in um, because I don't really like to travel. I like home. Home is, you know, home. there's no, no place like home. So I never was interested. I knew people, I trained with people who would travel the world. They would do triathlons all around the world and all that stuff. But at that time, I was not into performance enhancing drugs at the time, uh, did not use steroids at all. Once injuries started catching up to me, then I transitioned back to bodybuilding and weight training and powerlifting again. And then once I did that, then I, and I started to get into steroids. And that's when I started to really learn about them. So while I was actually running Rick, I was not using the steroids and I would still do some road races here and there. Once I was doing the, uh, once I started using steroids, but the thing is with steroids is one thing you learn really quick that steroids and running do not mix well. And though one of the biggest reasons why is the pumps, because if you're running a 5k and you're using something that's giving you leg pumps and your calves are feeling like they're going to explode and your lower back is tightening up and cramping from the pumps, then obviously you've got a problem. So it definitely does not mix, but I tell you back when I was a runner, I wish <laughs> I knew about GW, but um, GW didn't really come around until the mid 2010s where you could just go online and buy it. And now it's so easy to buy. You can go on our forum and buy it, you know, find, you can find like there's a couple guys on our forum that sell it. So it's not that hard to get, but back then, I mean, it was unheard of. Nobody knew what GW was. I'm sure there were maybe um, guys were using stuff like EPO or maybe blood doping or um, guys would do all kinds of cheats. Uh, some guys would train at high elevations you know, so, and that's basically all it has to do with oxygen in your body. So you're basically robbing your body of oxygen when you train at high level, high altitudes. And then when you actually do the road race, it's going to seem, oh my God, this is so easy because you're more at sea level. So there's different oxygen levels. So those were the kind of cheats that people would do, but I, I didn't really have an advantage, bro. Maybe the only advantage I had when I was an endurance runner is diet, is I knew how, how to eat because that's extremely important when you're endurance running runners have to eat really, really good because if you don't eat good, you're going to struggle, you know, when you're training or when you're actually doing the race, especially you're just going to struggle. You're going to be weight weighted down and all that stuff. So it's very, very important. One of the things you learn doing these races is before the actual race starts, everyone's trying to evacuate. You want to, piss out every drop of urine out of your body and you want to shit out every bowel piece of bowel in your body. The more you can get out, the better you're going to do when you run. So that's that, those are the secrets to endurance running. And a lot of you endurance runners, you know, come on the forum and tell us some of your secrets too, that you've learned over the years, but yeah, diet is so important with, uh, with endurance running. All right, buddy. So next one we're going to talk about, is TV watching in sports? 
you've spoken about this. You said many times that you don't like watching TV and you also don't like watching sports and, but you like playing them. So kind of explain, is that something that you grew See, I grew up watching sports. Um, there were local teams, you know, if you grew up in New York, for example, which you did, I mean, everyone in New York, they either like the giants or jets in football. They either like the Yankees or Mets in baseball. They like the Knicks, you know, you got the New York Knicks. I mean, it's, I, I just don't see how you don't like these sports and you grew up in New York. New York's a big sports town. So what happened? Was it something just because you, you just, you know, your parents maybe didn't watch it or something where you just didn't watch it. Explain that to us. Um, I, I watch, oh, I watch and follow a little bit of sports. I follow Mundial every four years like that. And I, and I follow the leading up to Mundial when uh, the, the, the different countries are playing each other. I like that. You're talking about the World Cup? World Cup, yeah. Well, I call them Mundial. I call it Mundial. That's what they call it in Spanish, Mundial. So World Cup, um, obviously. Um, I, I follow that every four years. Follow MMA pretty pretty decently. Once in a while, I'll, I'll forget an event's coming up. But, I mean, I, I like to – I'll pick and choose which fights I want to watch, and then I'll go watch them online uh, at the different events. So I like UFC pretty good. But um, – I don't know, man. To me, it's just a, it's just one of these uh, um, CPU in my head kind of load kind of situation, to be real, real honest with you. There's just so many things in my, in my day and in my way that I can really, that I can really keep up with and really have energy for. So I don't, you know, I don't have unlimited energy. I, I've got a limited amount of, of energy where I can really concentrate on things throughout the day. I've got limited amount of uh, of energy I can really give emotionally to things. And like, I just, I don't know why. I just, I really honestly with you, I always felt like organized sports, like games, were a little bit of a, um, it's just a little bit of a waste of fucking time. It's kind of cool Mundial because I see kind of the appeal in soccer a little bit. I see the appeal in every sport, to be honest with you, because playing them, are, playing them are fun. And then when you see somebody that could do something, uh, something acrobatic, something you can, you can tell that that body is doing something that's special, that's different that not everybody can do, you know, like watching a, a Ronaldo, you know, jump up in the air over someone's head and, and, you know, and hit the ball with it, with his, with his head. You know, I mean, something like that. Like, okay, I just, I just saw someone do something that's close to, you know, high level superhuman kind of stuff. So I can, I can see the appeal in it. But man, if I start to devote like energy to keep up with like the seasonal games, like football and baseball, and and sit down and schedule the game watching too, to sit down and watch the games and get like, oh man, I just that energy needs to go to other stuff. Like I got different goals, different things I like to do. And that energy needs to go to that. And same thing with like watching the news and shit. I don't like watching the news, man. When I want to see something, I'll specifically look for that piece of news, that piece of content. And I'll look at it from different sources. And I don't like watching the news, man, because you're just being informed about a bunch of shit you can't do nothing about. Um, I live close to people that watch the news and they, let me know when there's something in my area that I need to worry, be worried about because they know I don't watch it. 
but I don't watch the news either. Again, it's just, it's just those things that are like, like on your mind thinking about, you can't do shit about them and they don't help you with work. And I already have ADHD. Like I've already, you know, this is something I've been dealing with, battling with, been to different psychiatrists, medications, I've switched out different medications uh, for my attention deficit. And I already have a hard time concentrating. And I already have to like, the way my my career is kind is kind of developed out, I've had to acquire new skills as I'm executing as I'm executing old skills and while I'm managing things that are already in the works. So I'm always having to not only work to make money, but I'm also having to take time on the side to do learning stuff, study things, new things that I have to study for for then to be able to be more effective at my work. Like when we finished the podcast, Steve, like I, I, you know, I'm the one who, who edits it, puts clips of shit back and forth. I taught myself how to use Vegas pro, you know, which is not like super the end of the world, but now on fucking Vegas, I could do stuff with the podcast, break it up into pieces, you know, do YouTube. Um, I could actually, you know, I, I, uh, I, I do video editing now and I, we, we have commercials online right now on YouTube where you can see our products, commercials that I edited myself. Like I, it took me a while to teach myself how to edit video and I had to teach myself how to edit video while I'm running Need to Build Muscle, while I'm also doing uh, uh, all the side work that comes with it. So if I throw watching the news and following sports on top of that, I'll never be able to teach myself and and advance on the skill sets, on the other skill sets that I need. There are guys out there listening to me right now. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I watch sports and I got like, you know, I got all these degrees and, I, and I'm fine. I'm a fucking millionaire, baby. That's you, bro. All right. That's you. Okay. People are fucking different. All right. There are people that can, that can shoot heroin into their veins and make music that'll last a fucking lifetime. They're guys that just drink a six pack at night and they'll never leave that fucking construction. I mean, they'll they're just never do anything with their life because they have a six pack before, you know, uh, watch, watching the fucking game before bed, right? Watching Sports Center before bed. They'll never do anything. And then you'll have someone that could be a raging alcoholic and he'll, he'll be the commander of a whole nation through a, through a war. You know what I mean? Like you, you've, you've got people who can do things in certain things and you run those tests and I need all my energy to do this kind of stuff that I do. I, I'm just, I'm not that smart of a fucking guy. I'm just not, I, I have to work a lot harder. I have to try a lot harder and I just, and, and sports are too damn addictive. Sports are too damn addictive. And I feel it during, during Mundial season, during world cup. And they're so fucking addictive. And also the news are so addictive because I've, I've been in situations where I've had to watch the news for, for a, a couple of weeks here and there, like during lockdowns. And then I had to weed myself off. And when I went and when I went the day without watching the news, I felt like I was disconnected from, from the world. And then when days would go by, I would feel like the world was going on in, on, on, you know, on CNN or Fox or, or MSNBC or wherever. That's what the world was going on and happening. And if I wasn't listening to that shit, the little music in between segments and all that bullshit, I felt like I wasn't connected to the world. So fucked up. It was, it was bad. Terrible. I felt now it's like now I'm now I'm, I weaned myself off of that shit. So now I, no more. I think I think that's you. part of the, the allure of sports because you just watch the sports and it's kind of like it's weird because you let's say you're from New York and you support the you feel connected. You feel connected with the world. Yeah, and you get 
well, it's like that's your team, that's your hometown. It's like you're proud when they win and you're upset when they lose. It's it's kind of like it's it's just an amazing thing. It's it's a sense of community. And then when the team wins a championship, everyone's like celebrating and high-fiving each other in the streets and everyone's like celebrating. I just think it's it's a beautiful thing. It unites communities, you know? It unites no matter your politics, your religion, your ethnicity, your race, whatever. Like you go to a football game, everybody is like high five each other. No one cares about any of that stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, but, it's, but, but it's on a the beautiful side, thing. Listen, not to, not to not to just have a counterpoint to what you said, but on the flip side, people will, will fight and argue and 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 go into riots over teams too. You know, two people, two brothers can get into a heated argument because they, because one likes one team, the other one likes the other. So yes, it unites some folks across thing across, uh, but it also divides other folks because anything that unites in a way kind of has some sort of divisiveness built in. Cause you got to unite from something in a way. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, so, I mean, I hear what you're saying. That's a good side of it on the bad side of it is, there's been more fucking riots over teams winning cups um, across the, the land than than over some of the stuff going on recently. I mean, there's a lot of shit. So I just look, I think I think it's a good distraction. I think a lot of a lot of folks can maybe get all of their all of their work and their process and everything they need to get done in a very short period of time. And then they have this additional extra time to devote to like watching the sports, talking about it with people, then watching people talk about the sports on the sports center. And then, you know, talking to their friends about it and then spending money on, on, on team stuff. And like, I, I see that, but not, I'm not that guy, man. Like the goals that I have, I, the skills I need to acquire, the work uh, I need to get done, the body of work, legacy of body of work that I need to get done. My own little humble, little tiny legacy in this world, the content I need to produce, all the, all the, the products I want to bring to market. All of that shit, man, takes so much of my mental energy, bro. I'm fucking, I'm exhausted by the time the day's done. Just having to sit down and concentrate and read a fucking study so that I can make sense of a piece of science, so I can decide if how much of something is going to go into a supplement. By the time I'm done with it, bro, paying attention, going back and looking up some little words that still don't fucking understand or or usage, or it's, it's looking stuff up. Yeah. I'm fucking drained, bro. If I have, dude, let me tell you something. I'm fucking drained. And if I'm sitting there doing this and I have to worry about what was on the news that day, or I have to worry about, oh, let me, I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to turn the tubes, see what happened with the news. Oh, let me tell you something. I, nothing will ever get done, bro. Nothing will ever get done. That's just, that's just me. It's my reality. And like I said, some people listening to this are like, all oh, right, fuck you're talking about. I do all of this shit. I'm a, I'm a fucking MD and, and rocket scientist and I play sports. And I own a, listen, man, that's you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that's the real reason, man. All this stuff is addictive. I, I Listen, I like I sports. like sugar. I like sports. I like all of this shit. Sports. All of it is fun. All of it is fun. It's just not not for me, not for my goals, not for, to be, want, uh, for what I want to accomplish. You know Neil Rogers? You never heard of Neil Rogers, huh? He's a yeah. talk show guy, a talk radio guy. He died a, a while back, but he used to have a talk radio and um, his talk radio segment was like two or three hours. Right. And, but yeah. it was on a sports channel that had sports. So people would call in 
wanting to talk about sports and he'd always like play a little clip like a little dorky clip sports sports whatever they call it because <laughs> he, he was like you he didn't like sports he's just locking it's like a talk show and people would probably call it and talk about sports with him so he'd have that sports sports it's like sports like you know like those geeks who play like fantasy football they have like a fantasy they have like yeah. five fantasy football leagues they have five hockey fantasy hockey's five fantasy baseball. let me tell let, let, <laughs> let me tell you something let me tell you something I, I gotta tell you something i i if i gave into my true desires bro my life would be pizza ice cream video games sports porn I mean, if I really gave into like the shit that that that, that I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. I mean, I, I'd be a fucking mess. So that's why I don't do any of that shit. No carbs, no fucking sugar, no TV watching, none of these news, none of these fucking sports, no fucking, you know, watching the, the, the X2, all of that shit will just burn, just, just drill a hole in your fucking forehead. It'll, it'll just drill a hole right through your through your cerebral cortex, all that, all that garbage. So but it's just as appealing as as it is for just anybody else out there. I just don't fucking you just don't fucking do it. So yeah, bro, the news oh dude, so addictive. All that shit, sports, all that shit. It's incredibly addictive. It's incredibly addictive. You know how many conversations I've had to sit out at the barber shop, at, at friends gatherings, at you know how many times I've just had to at the studio. You know, I got a, I got a buddy, I got some friends that. Uh, do music and video production. I, I hang out with them once in a while at the fucking studio. I've just had to sit out whole conversations, bro. Just sit there and shut the fuck up and, and you know, do something else or think about something else because everybody's talking sports. You know how many times I've had to do that? A ton. You know what? Do you think I, I, I just, I just got used to it. Don't give a fuck. And I just don't dude. How many times have we, have we uh, scheduled this podcast and I have issues that I have something, uh, I have a little something a little bit longer or something came across and I, and I have to make you wait a few minutes to come in or whatever, or sometimes cancel altogether. Imagine if I was following every sports podcast. and watching the news on top of it. <laughs> every podcast. Every, there's like, you've never been on time once since we've been doing Right. Okay. So there you go. So now imagine if I threw the news and sports on top of that. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that. Imagine if I threw the news or sports on top of that. It's just nothing to happen. So, nah, dude, it's just it's not fun. You got to run those tests. Well, if you right? have ADHD, you're not going to be able to sit for three hours and watch a football game. So, I, I see what you're saying. No. Oh, no. It's entertaining enough to where – see, that's entertaining enough reading a, a, a study about Tonkat Ali. Maybe not as fun. It's interesting, but you can just – Unplug your brain, watch the ball, listen to the to the hypnotic voice of the commentator, uh, you know, and just and just be and, and be part of something that a lot of other people are a part of at the same time as you. That's just, dude, that's 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 attention deficit fucking heaven. What's hard, like I said, bro, reading a fucking study, sitting there watching YouTube videos for, for hours trying to figure out that one little tool or, or how to how to get Vegas to, to stop doing that thing it's doing that you don't the editor you don't want it to do or like all that other stuff that's fucking tedious and that's where where the where the ADD gets you man that's where the ADD fucks you up but sports what what it's fucking crack for, for someone with ADD crack you will you unplug you don't have to you just watch, you unplug your 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 brain is catered to yep. colors, speeds, sounds. Jeez. All right, bro. Next question. Let's hit it. 
Let's hit it up. Go ahead. All right. So now I got to ask you this. Fasting. So I've been kind of sort of fasting without even knowing I was doing it since I was a kid. It was just really, I just didn't get hungry in the morning. It was really convenient. And then over time, I've had breakfast and not, and, you know, different phases in life. Along the way, you and I, Steve, were, were talking one time about, I can't recall the full conversation when, but I brought up fasting. I gave you some lead on some good information, follow-up information to, to go on. And then you you became the fasting guy. I mean, you 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 took it over, man. You you're you know, you know your shit. You've researched it well beyond uh, what I have, I, I feel like today. And uh it seems like maybe to me it was something that was always kind of happening since I was uh, since I was wrestling in high school. I mean, it was always kind of fasting, it was always kind of a thing, and then later on working and stuff, it was just so convenient. But to use a new thing in your life, you made it something big. So here's the question. How has fasting and, and picking up that lifestyle, how has it changed changed your life, you know, at being as an adult? Because you well, picked it up you, in your 30s. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Uh, today, for example, I was, um, I fasted, you know, the 24-hour fast. Um, yesterday I had dinner and then tonight I had dinner. And you know, the reason I did that is uh, my stomach has been upset for a couple of days and I'm not really sure what caused it to get upset. I must've ate something that didn't agree with me or whatever. So all I did was basically fast for 24 hours. And then now I'm sitting here doing this podcast. My stomach doesn't bother me at all, at all. Like n nothing, like whatever was going on, it would have, whether it was indigestion or just sour stomach, whatever. But like anyone else out there, what you're going to do in that situation is you're going to go take a drug and you're going to basically continue eating like you normally would because we're told that we're supposed to eat this many meals a day. We're told we're supposed to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day, yada, yada, yada. So in that situation, you're not really going to fix your gut. You're not going to fix whatever is bothering you. So in my situation, if I ever have an ailment, let's say I get a, a, a virus, you know, a common cold, a flu, whatever. I just fast. I fast for a couple of days, two, three days, and boom, it's gone. Um, I don't need, I don't need to take an antibiotic. I don't need to take any, anything for it. So fasting has really been like a life changer in terms of my health, like hemorrhoids. I um, was doing some squats and some deadlifting and I was going really, really heavy. This happened maybe a year ago. And I started getting hemorrhoids again. It was probably maybe the third or fourth time in my life I've gotten hemorrhoids. And it's always been from straining, you know, when you strain, you get hemorrhoids, oh, you know, so it really, really hurts. Like it's so painful to, you know, try to go to the bathroom when you've got the hemorrhoids going on. It feels like you're basically passing little uh, pieces of glass. It's extremely painful. Some of the younger guys out there who've not experienced it before, you continue weight training and going heavy and straining when you weight train and pushing really, really hard There's a good chance you're going to eventually get them as well. But in that situation, um, you know, I tried, you know, all kinds of remedies. I tried the creams on my ass. I tried all these things and none of that shit worked. And I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to fast. So I fasted like four days straight. And then after the four, four days was over, hemorrhoids gone, never had them since. So 
just remedy after remedy after remedy, like when something's going wrong in your body and your body just needs a hard reset. It's just like when you're a kid playing a video game and you get frustrated, you know, doing good in the video game. So you just hit the reset button on the video game. That's what fasting does. So it's been a life changer for me. And I'll give you an example, like, you know, going to the gym, going to the yoga class, I look around and I mean, there's nobody in their forties anymore. Who's got an abs or got a flat stomach. And I do, and I credit it with fasting. Um, these people are working their ass off in the gym, working their ass off at yoga class, working their ass off, whatever, but they still have excess fat on their stomachs as males in your forties. And, um, it's, it's just because if they would just fast, if they would just learn about fasting, do some, you know, fasting, 24 hour fast, 48 hour fast, five day fast, 10 day fast, do some fasting here and there. They would be amazed at how easy it would be just to stay lean. And fasting is really, really the answer. The beauty part about fasting, one of the things that we have to remember is if you want to excel at bodybuilding, you have to learn about fasting. Uh, Big Rami, Mr. Olympia champion, he is fasting right now. He is fasting. It is Ramadan. He fasts from sunrise to sunset for one straight month. So if you want to call that time-restricted eating, if you want to call that intermittent fasting, whatever you want to call it, the point is he is fasting and he is Mr. Olympia champion. And Hadi Chopun, same thing. He also fasts during Ramadan. And there's a lot of bodybuilders around the world who are doing this now. And it's really a tool that you should be utilizing as a bodybuilder. This myth that you lose muscle when you fast or it, it hurts your gains or all this is just not true. It will actually increase your gains. It will regenerate muscle cells to help you gain more. So it's been a life changer for me, Rick. It really has. And I, like right now I'm doing this podcast with you. And to be, and to be yeah. clear, guys, on the days that you're fasting, you're going to look flat. You're going to look... Uh, you know, you're not going to look all that, but it's when you come off of these fasting, you get back onto a caloric, <clears throat> a caloric surplus and back on a source is when you really, really see those good results from having fasted really come about. What did you agree, Steve? Well, our muscles are made up of mostly water. Um, 70, 80% of our muscles made up of water. So when you're, when you're fasting, your body's going to be expelling more electrolytes and more water than it's bringing in because you're missing out on those electrolytes and those water from food. So yes, it is true. Your muscles will flatten out when you're fasting, but you're not losing muscle tissue when you're fasting, your body is going to be attacking the fat cells in your body to tap into that energy. And the proof is when you pee, on a ketone strip and you get a high amount of ketones showing up, that's proof that your body is expelling ketones out of your body. And basically it's cool because you're just pissing out all the fat <laughs> off your body. So you're keeping your muscle tissue and you're pissing out fat at the same time. But the other benefit of fasting too, for those of you, you know, those of you who may argue and say, Oh, fasting hurts muscle gains is that when you fast, you boost growth hormone in the body. And that growth hormone that you're boosting while you're fasting cannot be, cannot come back to you just by pinning a bunch of growth hormone or pinning some peptides, which are growth hormone releasing peptides. It's different. It's a different um, category of growth hormone that you will be 
it, you'll be getting in your body to, to rise. So one of the most best workouts I've had was during a long fast and working out during those fasts, even though I was weaker in the gym, I had less strength. I was dehydrated, you know, struggling to keep fluids in, but my workouts were tremendous because my adrenaline and noradrenaline in my body were sky high. My growth hormone was sky high. And you will never experience that if you just eat six meals a day from sunrise to sunset, like most people do. So that's, it's really, really cool. Fasting is a, a tremendous tool. And uh, yeah, and Rick definitely got me into, into it. We also had some uh, people we interviewed on prior podcasts back when Trevor Karitson was, was uh, my co-host. And we interviewed some, uh, some gurus who uh, also talked a lot about fasting, but they weren't in fitness and in bodybuilding the way Rick and I are. So we're able to share fasting from a bodybuilding and fitness perspective while those people are sharing it more from a doctor, medical, you know, you know, academic perspective. So that's the cool thing about this podcast, guys. We're giving you tools to make you better from a different perspective than what you would go. Um, there's a couple guys on YouTube too that are that are pretty good, um, and they're they're athletes too. Um, who, who, what's that guy? Um, why is he not coming to me? He's uh he's dude's dude's really. Why is that great. guy not coming to you? I don't know. What what's he, what's he like? No, no, I can't. I, I can't think of his name. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, yeah, you, you got me on that one too. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember his name. But there is a few guys on YouTube that are that are in the fitness industry who also are out there talking about about fasting as well. So that's just us. But we we kind of take it to a different level because we also talk about steroid usage and all this other you stuff. You know, one one guy who talks about fasting is uh I think that Kino Body Kid does it, doesn't he? Christian Gallagher, that Kino Why well, uh, Mike Rashid, he yeah. he he does uh he does like one meal a day and he does like 24 hour fast as well. Mark Mike Rashid is a, is is one is one out there. So there's a few, there's a few guys. I, so I I I didn't realize that some of the things I was doing, which was just kind of fasting because I I literally just forget to eat and rather than eat trash or I was traveling, working rather than eat trash, I just wouldn't eat. And I just found that more appealing. Like I'm just going to watch everything that goes in my body. I wouldn't eat. So the, this, and I knew those fasting religiously. I knew things, but it wasn't until I read uh, Timothy Ferris's book, um, tools of Titans. And in there, uh, there were a couple of sections uh, about fasting uh, really, really good in-depth information that I realized, like, wait a minute, this is kind of this is kind of a thing, like a real, real thing. And not only is it a real, real thing, some of the good effects in my life that I've been feeling from just, you know, from when I when I skipping breakfast, when I'm going maybe one or two days a month without eating, where I just have water or, or green tea or, or coffee, right? No, no, no calories. Some of these things, I'm like, wow might you know might not you know just realize they were good so this is i started i started making it more of a point to share it with people once i i read it in 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 tim ferris's book i thought that was that was cool i'm also a fan of jason fung he he approaches it from a medical perspective so he's another really good one um i don't agree with everything he says but 
a lot of the stuff he writes is is really good as well. All right, so next one, Rick, is for you. We're talking about mountain biking. Uh, you talked about mountain biking before. Talk about uh, bicycling in the mountains. What kind of bicycle do you use? What kind of uh, cost does it is it to get a good mountain bike? How much maintenance do you need to do on it? Do you need to switch out the tires every year? Tell us a little bit about that. Mountain biking is easy, man. Um, if look, I make uh, he. There's a lot I could go into depth or not. It's one of those uh, things, one of those hobbies that you can get really deep with it or, or not. If you're asking me about mountain biking, then you are not that deep with it. So I can give you some good, some good advice. So number one, as far as what kind of bike you need, um, where do you live and how many mountains do you actually have? And I'll tell you why. I got a crazy trek trek bike. I bought it in NY. Then when I took it out on the treks here in Long Island, I realized there's no fucking mountains here. I have to, I'm gonna have to go really really far to like really hit some some good some good mountains some some so I can hit some hard uphill so I can be rewarded with a hot downhill, and couldn't find them. Then uh, went to Vegas. I was in Vegas for a good long while. Took my bike there. Man, are there some great trails in Vegas? Jesus, there's some just some good good riding in Vegas. Why you got all those mountains there? And now I'm back in NY and I'm and I'm realizing like I'm I'm overgun, like I'm overbiked. There is a word for that. Like I have a, a, a bike that's fairly expensive and can do is capable of a lot more than I how can much, really. How much is a bike like uh okay, I have I have bike. a hardtail? okay, so so I have a hardtail. I spent twelve hundred bucks on mines plus some upgrades. Twelve hundred dollars is what I spent on mine. Then I did some upgrades. I, 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 and and not not like crazy upgrades. Like my pedals, since I don't clip in, I don't have clips to put it to, to get get clipped into my bike, which I don't like to clip in because I'm I'm very aggressive going going on the downhills. So I'm I'm good with not clipping in because when you clip in, it gives you it's better for for, for going uphill. It it it's you get less tired going uphill. I feel like when you're clipped in, but then when you're going downhill. You have good control of the bike, but if, if you ever need to bail out or, or put your foot down off the bike for a, minute, for a second or things like that, the clips make it way more complicated. Or if you ever fall off the bike, you can, you know, the clips don't come off right away. You're going to twist your knee up, something nasty. So I, I do flat pedal. I don't clip in, but I always use these, these race face pedals that have little screws coming out of them. Uh, so it, it, it bites into the bottom of my shoe. And it's about, I feel, as, like as closest to being clipped in as you can get with a mountain bike. But, but see, I'm very aggressive when I go downhills. I really like the downhill riding. So I put, like I said, I put the clips in. Those were 100 and something bucks. Everything for mountain biking. Anything you have something that's too the niche for, some, for an interest is expensive. And then the, the, the handles, right on the handlebar, and show the handles, I, I changed the, the little rubber pieces, uh, the grips, the rubber grips. I, I get the ones with a little flare on them, like a little rest. So it rests my hands. And um, uh, I also put a little bell on it, like tring, tring, tring bell on it, believe it or not, because I, I am taking the streets here and there and I, I find it, I find it cool um, to, to ring at the car sometimes or, or people. And um, that's it. So yeah, it's about, you know, after upgrades and everything's good for 1400 bucks for, for, for a mountain bike. And I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that anywhere. You know, I'll go with that anywhere. They're like, 
their bike, their mountain bikes that are like two pieces and the frame flexes, those are like two, three thousand dollars. I mean, look, you can you can spend fifteen thousand dollars or more on a mountain bike, carbon fiber, all of that stuff. But I don't find carbon fiber or any of those things to be to be worth the money for anybody that's not competing, in my opinion. If you're competing, you're looking for better times, then you're working both your body and you're working to get your equipment down. And it's, it's and that, that makes sense. But if you're just a casual rider, um, listen, man, just just have better cardio and just, just buy, buy, you know, buy hard, uh, buy metal frames and just and just develop better cardio. And oh, I'm, and instead of shaving, instead of paying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to shave uh, really just a, a couple of pounds pounds off of your bicycle bike just how about you fucking you fast and you and you get down in body fat and you shave a couple of of pounds of you if you have some lard on you that's not pushing those pedals that's holding your weight and that's enough weight on your on your tires as 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 if that weight was on the bike and metal so <clears throat> instead of don't get a lighter bike or a carbon fiber bike and spend that fucking money until you are like very low body fat and you're a slim guy and, and you know and, and and you know how to ride and you're competing so and as far as what you need man you don't need much man Here, here's what you do if, if you if you if you want to ride downhill hard and you have some of these places out there just get get like a trek bike you can spend as little as as 600 bucks on one um on a decent little bike hardtail uh, mine's was a little bit more because i had like the big tires on it and, and i've got like the drop seat that's got like an automatic drop seat but that's again that's because i like i like to race with my friends a little bit and i like to um and i like to uh go downhill hard so that the the, the automatic post seat really kind of works but if you're just a leisure rider just when you get to the top of the hill you just get off the bike um adjust your seat down a little bit and then go downhill and you're fine so that, that, that alone, that little trinket alone is $150 on a, on a hundred something dollars on a, on a mountain bike to have. So you don't need all of that. Look, I'm going to buy a second bike uh, for here for Long Island. So I'm going to keep, obviously, my my Trek bike, my baby uh, that that's staying with. But I'm buying a second bike. It's basically going to be a hardtail, um, no suspension, just like some chunky, chunky wheels. Not like fat wheels, but like some chunky, chunky wheels. And I feel like that would be enough for pretty much any kind of riding I will do. Me, I will do around around Long Island. I think any kind of riding that I get into around Long Island, just a, maybe I'll get something with a with a cheap uh, suspension, some 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 of the lower range Suntour or something, just to give me a little a little umph. But it's not necessary, really. Listen, man, unless you have like serious mountains to go down, you could get a Walmart bike for a couple hundred dollars. Uh, then spend, you know, 30 to 50 to $80, depending on where you live, to take it to a bike shop to have them adjust it for you, like really tighten everything down for you. And you could take that bike almost anywhere. Um, and then, you know, it depends. It depends how you ride. Because, look, there are places you can go to, Steve, that during the winter, they are their ski resorts during the winter. And then during the summer, they're mountain biking resorts. So during the winter, they bring you up there with skis and you come down off that mountain on, 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 on a face with, with, with all this powder and ski, 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 ski. And then during, that's during the winter. And then during the summer, they'll take you up there uh, in those same little, little things, but you're coming up there with a mountain bike, not skis. And you come down 
on, on a road that's been carved into that mountain to just do crazy shit. So you can even, I mean, that's how you could go upstate here in NY. You can go West Coast. There's different uh, uh, bike parks that there's different parks that during the winter are ski slopes during the summer are mountain biking downhill courses. And, and like, I'll take my hard tail track. I'll take that. I'll take that bitch anywhere. You know, I'll take that bitch anywhere. Sure. The second suspension is cool. I like it, but, but I, I like, I don't like, I like pad. I like, I use it as exercise. I don't just get taken up there and then ride downhill. So I don't have need for, for something with a, with double suspension. I really just, the, the, the single for suspension, the fork in the front is, is enough for me. So yeah, man, that's my spiel on mountain biking, dude. All right. So one last question. All right. So I had to ask you something. Cause the other day you, um, you, we spoke about this and, and uh, I thought it was interesting. So, so you say you got a ghost at your house, right? So, yeah. I'm I'm genuinely curious about this because I guess you're you're one guy I, I you're a guy that I respect and I know to be sane. So I know if you say you saw something, I know you're not crazy. Other people that I've heard stories from, I maybe don't find don't don't think they're as reliable as you are. So. Tell me about it. What's going on with this with this poltergeist in your home? Well, I've had all my life, ever since I was a kid, I grew up in a house that was definitely haunted. I mean, it was haunted as fuck. Like, you hear noises at night. Was it haunted with the ghost of Persia? This is back in Persia when you were growing up, right? It was haunted by the ghost, ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> but anyway, my this house was haunted as fuck, dude. I mean, you hear, you look at the house and you're like, that shit's haunted. Like you walk in the house, you could tell it was haunted. You could feel it, that it was haunted, you know? And basically I was scared of shit as a kid. Like I would like never go upstairs by myself. I'd always have a light on. I never close my door. They were fucking ghosts. Like you hear footsteps at night. I would see shadow people. I'd see, uh ghosts and you know i grew up just seeing them and i grew up like in that environment so to me it's nothing like crazy like so like as i've gotten older like i've lived in different places and i've had different houses that have had ghosts and different houses that haven't had ghosts and you know so (laughs) there's different situations and yeah so i mean i've definitely my whole life, I have that little supernatural attachment to be able to, I also have like different psychic abilities as well. Like I can, I have premonitions. I, um, I'll basically dream something. If it's a really, really strong dream, it's more like, it's like I'm watching a movie and then that will actually happen. It's called clairvoyance. And it's something that I've had like all my life as well. I've had that since I was a kid too. So, and like, literally like, I'll give you an example. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I had a dream that she got pulled over by a cop and she didn't have her registration because her registration was in the closet at home. So literally I woke up from a sweat. Okay. It was a really intense dream. And I asked her, I was like, is your registration in your car? She's like, yeah. I'm like, check your car. I bet you your registration is not in your car. I bet you it's in the closet at home. So she's like, no, no, it's in my car. I'm like, oh, check. So she goes and checks and it wasn't in her car. And then she 
she came home and she looked in the closet and it was in the closet. So those are the types of things that I dream. Like I have clairvoyance, I can dream stuff. So I don't know if you guys out there are listening to this, like you've ever been in that situation where you have a really, really intense dream and it literally ends up happening. That's called clairvoyance. And that's, that's a real phenomenon. That's actually something that really, really occurs with people. So I'm surprised, Ricky, you've never had that happen. You've never dreamt something and then it's actually happened. Um, I'm sure it, it has at some point, but it was maybe something that I uh, subconsciously was already predicting because maybe in, in my dream, I, I, I dreamt something would happen and then it happened in real life, but in a different way, I think. So another, another power that you guys can tap into is the is is magnetic energy magnetic positive energy let's say there's a girl that you really really like and you really want to date her you can just literally like just really think it in your brain you can try to dream it as much as you can just think about it and just it's not it's sort of like prayer like people who pray that never works man but I mean, people who pray, they say, hey, I'm asking God for something. I'm asking the universe for something. It's not necessarily prayer that you're reaching out. It's a magnetic force of positive energy. And absolutely. The law of attraction doesn't work on a, on a bitch, bro. It just, it just drives you. It just drives you fucking nuts. And then you're weird when you're around her. Oh, so it doesn't work? Do it. doesn't work on women, you're saying? <laughs> to, to be thinking, to, to, to think about a a female to draw her in all it does is just drives you nuts and then when you finally do get in front of her you're gonna act weird just don't don't do it no no, do no, it. no 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 i'm not well, you're, you're missing because you're you're, you're kind of you're kind of saying that you could like that you could like think about the girl and set like kind of send your project your energy to her like telekinesis like it's just no no, no that's not what i'm saying crazy. Yeah. i'm saying i'm saying like if, i'm just giving you an example it could be anything it could be money a business whatever but if you're in a relationship, so then you would, so then you would, so then you would, by definition, believe in in witchcraft. Then I I don't know much about witchcraft, bro. I don't because know I mean, what's the is there a huge difference if you're just wishing things and thinking about them or, or ritualizing or or, or I don't know, or I don't know enough ritual, about to ritual to ritualize the, the wishing or the or the channel. I don't know enough about witchcraft to, to answer that question. I really well like they. You've yeah. seen it and you've seen you've seen movies. They they put shit together and then they say a spell and it's supposed to do something. Isn't that a form of uh, maybe? I don't, look, I, look, the, the, here's I, I the thing. Know. Here's the thing about like witches and psychics and all this stuff. Most of them are full of shit. Okay. They, so they give the real you one. Dude, I'm, I'm listening to you. You sound like you need your own 1 900 number. Psychic, no, psychic because it doesn't that. work like that. I can't, I can't, I can't sit there, Rick, and like predict what's going to happen in your life. If I have a dream where something happens to you, like let's say I have a dream that something like you get in a car accident or something, then I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to be like, Rick, listen, I had a dream. Yeah. You were driving a brown car. This has happened, by the way, to me. I've had relatives, I've had dreams about them getting in a car accident. I could describe exactly their car. I could describe where they were by rail tracks, whatever. And I've actually called them and warned them. Be like, look, I had a really intense dream. You know, you got to be careful. You weren't seriously hurt. Have you ever, have you ever dreamt of me? No, I have not. 
I have not dreamt. I have not dreamt of, I had a dream about you. No, but if I do, I'll definitely let you know. I'll hit you up. Yeah, please, man. <laughs> I'll be like Rick. You know, you, I would dream about you. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, but dude, like this stuff. This is this shit. I'm not into this shit, bro. I don't sit here and fucking. I'm not. I don't yeah. study horoscopes and I don't fucking like track the stars and all this shit. I'm just telling you, I have a gift. I have a gift where I could. You know, I see ghosts, I hear ghosts, I've communicated with them before. Um, I've had dreams, you know, that have come true. Communicate with them. What what kind of communication can you have with a with a a ghost? I mean, I've had them talk to me. I haven't been able to communicate back and forth, but I've had them tell me stuff. Give you messages. Were were they cryptic messages or to the point? They were kind of just like you know, talking to me, I've had, like, I've been woken up. From, yeah, but like, was it like a clear message? Like, did it have a point or was it just like, like, like you couldn't make it out or they didn't add anything to your life? Dude, like, I've had, dude, I'll give you an example. My last place I was at, bro, I was in bed sleeping mm-hmm. and I swear to God, like some girl like yelled my name and like, I woke up from a deck of deep sleep. I heard a girl yell my name. I literally thought like it was like my girlfriend playing a trick on me or something. It was like two or three a.m. in the morning. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like there's a fucking female ghost screaming my name. So I thought I was freaky, you know. So you she was just screaming your name. Yeah, just just screaming my name like to wake me up. Basically, have you ever had a like? Have you ever had nocturnal like the? What is it called? Nocturnal paralysis or just the when you get paralyzed in your bed? Have you ever had? Yeah, that? yeah, I've had that. Yeah, I had that a lot. That when I was a kid. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's it. Like I said, I'm not like into this shit. I'm not one of these people like with like you know, uh, earrings in my noses and and fucking earrings on my uh, uh, dick and in my uh, what's it what's it eyebrow and all this shit. I don't have like tats all over my neck and stuff not like one of these weirdos that study this shit and like collect a bunch of uh tr- you know um, um, uh, little diamonds like what do they call little uh minerals and all this stuff. i'm not like one of these weirdos bro but i'm just i have this this ability that i've had all my life and i've actually like like i've proven this to people by just like telling them hey this is going to happen to you and it's actually happened to them so um, it, it's just interesting. Is that why you play this? Is that why you uh why you play the stocks? Why you a stock guy? Dude, like, like I've I like literally like that's part of that's part of it too. That's part of it. it. Like I'll have dreams about a chart. Like I'll have a dream about a number, about something like that, and I'll be able to. But sometimes it's sometimes I don't know what the dream means for me to do. But I just dream it, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it's not the way you see like on TV and stuff. It's not where these people on TV like they just go and sit down with them and they're like, okay, uh, can you help me find my missing daughter? And the person like kind of tells them, oh yeah, your daughter got taken by this person. Blah blah blah. It's not like that, bro. It's like you get a vision. You get a vision of something. It's like watching a movie or a show. You get a vision. And you have to translate what you're seeing. You have to remember what you saw. That's that's how it is. You can't just like literally. I can't like sit here and like do, a hint. You get you get in a hint. I can't sit here and like give you you know tell you Rick how long you're gonna live and all this stuff. I can't tell you that. 
that's not how it works. It's, it's not something you can just like control, but you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, but we'll see what happens. I think if you can work on it and hone so, so you, it'd be something like hey Rick. I had a vision of the future where you die. I just can't tell how or when, but I can tell that that's in your future. Well, I might have or a vision. Like, like I had a relative, I had a vision that they were driving a Brown Toyota near railroad tracks and they got into a small accident. So I called them up. I was like, look, do you have a Brown car? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that you're going to get an accident. This person's going to be with you in the car. You're going to hit a white car and it's going to be near railroad tracks. Do you have railroad tracks in your house. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm like, okay, that's probably where the accident's going to take place. So be careful, you know, just maybe don't go driving today, you know, and you know what I'm saying? So that type, that's, that's the way I can do it. I can figure it out. Oh shit. All right. So what does the cat think of the ghost? Huh? What, what does your cat think of the ghost? Dude, that's the thing. Like ask anybody who has a pet, they, they can see things that we can't. So I've had dogs, I've had dogs like bark at the wall. I've had cats just stare and like scare, stare at something. And I'm like, what are you looking at? Like they literally see something. Like animals can see this stuff better than us. So I seen a video where they were, uh, they had a cat on a leash and it went fucking crazy and bit the guy that had him on the leash and wrapped around his leg on the leash and stuff. You tell how, how how how's your cat manage the lease? Like he's he's cool with it. Well, dude, I think I think with cats you have to train them. You know, from a young age. If you train them from a young age, then they start. They learn. It's just like a person. You know. So, right. but I don't. I don't. I when my when I, when you first get a cat, you shouldn't let the cat just lose outside. You should take it on a leash. You should walk it around. You should let it get to know the area you know let it learn the layout of the of the territory that's going to be patrolling well so this is so you got a kitten you got a kitten then you don't have a a big cat you're training it still no no it's he's about a year he's not ready to be outside without a a teenager no no he's i let him out now without a leash he's a teenager okay so you want to give it you want to give it like four or five weeks before you let them go on their own all right he he don't go nuts because of the leash he don't he he doesn't get upset by it that's good. That's cool. Yeah. So how do you get him to climb a fucking tree or go where you want to go when cats don't don't do whatever the whatever you want them to do? They they just do their own thing when they feel like it. I mean, Dude, they, cat, they, they, what was that? Yeah. Cats cats love to climb. They're they're natural climbers, bro. Like they love climbing trees. They love to climb trees because they know in the birds are up in trees. So they'll climb a tree and then look down, and be able to see everything. You ever watch nature shows i know you don't watch tv but if you watch a nature show you see like the tigers and the lions they'll climb a tree then look over the savannah i watch i fucks with documentaries i watch nature shows yeah. i know leopards bring bring their uh, their meat up on the tree yeah yep 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 mm-hmm. and domesticated cats they don't when they climb a tree they'll climb the tree then they'll usually come back down um the same direction like they'll come with their butt facing down but like lepers and, and those those tigers and stuff, they'll climb and actually go head first back down the tree. So domesticated cats are a little different than yeah. uh, than those wild wild cats. But yeah. So what's interesting about cats is they don't like water, but they like fish. You know why that is? 
Why is that? Because the ancient Egyptians, when they first domesticated cats, they would they would bribe them to come, you know, and hang out with them, and they'd get fish out of the Nile River, and then that's how cats started liking fish. Huh. So I guess the cats that that liked fish were attracted to to the people, and those were the ones the ones that got domesticated, the ones yeah. that didn't didn't yeah, natural selection type stuff. Yes, sir. That's interesting. So these are the all stuff right, you learn on you learn this stuff on on, on the podcast, guys. You learn all kinds yeah. of stuff that you want to learn. Good, good back and forth today, man. It's pretty cool. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. This was episode three ninety. Well, we had a lot of different topics. We will have a different one next week. Talk to you guys then. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.